things, and that is a primary importance to understanding the Bible. Bible interpretation is an important subject, and I believe in the literal translation of Scripture, which is also known as the dramatic uh, version. We learn more about our Lord and Savior by right understanding of the Scripture. Misinterpret the Scripture, you're going to misinterpret who he is, what he did, and what, why he came to earth. But uh, there's no tra- tra- trash uh, course in Bible study, although many book companies offer them. I've wasted my money on a couple of them, and that's all they are. It's a waste. But uh, it's very simple. It's ever here a little and there a little. And uh, I remember taking me back 50-some years when uh, I was first saved, and I didn't know there was two books of John. I, I... I just didn't know anything about the the Bible. And I had a wise pastor in Brother DeRosset. He said, you know, you learn the Bible little by little. And the more that you practice what God has showed you, the more it will stick with you. I found out that to be right. But uh, we must rely upon the Holy Spirit for a comprehension and understanding of God's Word. If you, that's why that somebody who we've had in our families, and I know a lot of people that older than I that can't read, but they know a lot of, about the Bible because they were faithful in in church. They listened, and that's how we learn about the Scripture of the Holy Spirit directing us. So Jesus Christ is at the heart of the Bible. So if, if you had a question on the test, Where do I find Jesus in the Bible? Every page. Every page you'll find Jesus because this is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we know that the uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are one. So all three of those are necessary for our learning. But the Spirit, you know, that's his job to convict us, teach us, lead us. That's one of my favorite scriptures I always use when somebody disagrees with a particular point. You know, Jesus said it was expedient, it was necessary that he would go away, but he gave us the Holy Spirit. 
And so if we're following the Holy Spirit, and I know not everybody agrees with this statement, and there's nothing I can do to make anybody agree with it except it is Bible. You can memorize Scripture, and you can memorize the plan of salvation, and you can give up certain sins, and you can be faithful and all the other things that we may say, but that's not salvation. That should be the evidence of salvation, but you know we can learn things, you know. It doesn't mean that we understand those things. So Jesus Christ is at the very heart of the Bible. We open that Bible to find Jesus. I remember Brother Hunley saying, if you don't find Jesus in every chapter of the Bible, there's something wrong. And he used to say with a little grin on his face, God makes no mistakes. So if there's something wrong, it's something wrong with me or something wrong with somebody else. It's not, the Spirit will never mislead. So, I mean, those points are so important we may know a scripture at a greater degree than somebody else or that person may know something that we don't but when it's finished we're all going to agree with God's word because when Jesus went back we're looking for him to come But when he went back, every time a person is saved, the Spirit of God enters into their life. And you're not going to know the Bible, you're not going to understand the Bible unless you are saved. Don't mean you can't know facts. There's lost people that know more facts about the Bible and a lot of saved people. But before we get into the scripture, you know, Jesus Christ is at the heart of the Bible. So we open the Bible to find Jesus. Some search the scriptures, but do not find the testimony of our Lord and Christ and him crucified. That's because they're still lost. So they find passages of their own imagination and the book it's about Jesus. This is an autobiography of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. So the first scripture we want to look at is 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, notice here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's begin with verse 6. He says, How be it, We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the uh, princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, even, even uh, wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. God doesn't give us second chances or 
Maybe we'll find it or maybe we won't. He said in verse 8, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of God. And let's camp out a little while on verse 8. Notice with me. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If a person really knows Christ, that means they're saved, they're not going to do certain things. God doesn't have a set of rules for the Spirit. You know the Spirit is going to agree with God 100% because he's part of the Trinity. But this part I want you to Understand, if you can, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known, had they known it, if you had known it, if I had known it, if I knew what I knew down, I wouldn't have done what I did when I was lost. Because it's not that one day I've decided I'm not going to do that no more. That doesn't happen. Why? Because this this body and the nature is depraved, totally depraved. What changes when we hear the word of God and the spirit bears witness with that word? Then we begin to think differently. And if we had known it, you know, that's why that uh, there's so many people in churches, some that profess to be saved, but a profession is just an acknowledgement. And I can profess that I'm this or that. I may study it and I may know some points. But if I truly received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, then the Spirit of God lives in me. And just like he told, if they had known it, really known it, they wouldn't do what some has done. Verse 9 said, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You know, just take a flashback in your life. If I had known what I know now, I would have took my education more serious. You understand that statement? I mean, you know. And I was an average student. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I ever failed a class, but, you know, I had the potential to do a lot better than what I've done. So if I had known that, I would have probably put more effort in it. Well, if we know, if we had known what God says, we would probably be better Christians now than we were years ago. So God said, uh, 
But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And see, and any time we read that, that verse in particular, but many other verses, you ask anybody, unless they're plumb out of their mind with drugs or alcohol or something, you know, do you love Jesus? Don't you think Jesus is, you know, they will agree without ever knowing him. But what we see here, but as it is written, our year, we haven't seen the work of God. We haven't heard the work of God. You know, it hasn't entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Nobody lost would still be lost, humanly speaking, if they knew that absent from the body, present in hell, is their loss. I mean, there's people that actually think, yeah, my great-grandpa, he was a rather man, you know, he's been up in that grave for a hundred some years. No, he hasn't. There ain't nobody in those graves. But we respect the dead and we show our love and concern. But then we go on here in verse 10 and we see here what God uh, says. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit search of all things, yea, the deep things of God. See, it is the spirit. We do some things sometimes and we feel guilty. Have you ever wondered why? Because we'll turn around and do the same thing tomorrow. You know, here's, here, you know, in a few weeks, you know, if everything goes good, I'll sit down somewhere to a Thanksgiving dinner. I'm going to say, I'm not going to do like I did last year. You know, I ate so much I was miserable. But you know what will happen? I'll forget about last year. These are things that our bodies have does. Well, you know, that just causes us to be a little uncomfortable for one day maybe. But if we would take this verse, but God have revealed them unto us by the Spirit. We know what we know because the Spirit of God revealed it to us. We didn't read it and see it. Scriptures makes no sense to a lost person. So why we got to realize Bible interpretation. Holy men of God wrote down what God wanted us to have. So we see in verse 11, you know, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. I'm able to speak because I've got a living spirit in, in me. I understand because of the spirit in me. But if I die, 
as spirit, it's not active. Well, God goes on to tell us, uh, you know, for what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him. It is our human knowledge, human understanding. We read it, we understand it. We call that I have had experience or I have had book knowledge or God says bless me in a way that others he may not have. But it's all outside of ourselves. Then he goes on and said, Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Why is there so many different beliefs? If you study the word of God, this is what I believe. I'm convicted of this. And if somebody can sit down with me and explain to me why I'm wrong, you just set a time and I'll be there. You can't, the natural man cannot understand the word of God. He can quote the word of God. But he can't know the word of God. These are just words. So we got to understand scripture. So as I said, we're studying Bible interpretation. It's important. I mean, stop and think about it. I have to start here with Neela this morning. Tell her something. Pass it on to Aiden and Eli and so forth and so on. When it got up here to... Brenda, it'll be something like it. Well, that's what all of these versions are. You know, when you take the NIV and and there's, you know, I think 87 or somewhere, I can't think exact number right off, but the verses are not even there. So who in the world think they have knowledge to say, I'm going to write a Bible, but these five verses don't, they don't belong here. This book don't belong here. I mean, why you got the book of limitations in there? Ain't nobody going to read it. Well, we can take any book, and if we study the book like we do John, like we do the book of Ephesians, then we would have a different view. Because there's something in every book that is written for our edification. So we see, you know, there in verse 11 how important it is. He said, things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. You can memorize the Bible, but you can't understand it apart from God. You know, have we, I mean, how many of us said, how can he sit there week after week after week after week, year after year? He doesn't hear anything. He hears it physically. Then he tells in verse 12, but we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Question. 
How important is it for us to walk in the Spirit? That's our interpretation. That he interprets it for us. You know, if I was talking to a German, he could talk all day long. I wouldn't understand a thing he said. And the lost man can listen, and he's got a head knowledge, but he'll never go to the heart unless the Spirit of God touches him. That's why that we say and go into the Bible, you know, David said, Solomon said, salvation is of the Lord. So uh, here in 1 Corinthians, as we read in verse 12, you know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Can know those things by uh, receiving the spirit of the world. You may know who's, how many scores, how many points certain man make on a ball game or who's the most, you know, all that stuff. And that's good knowledge for sitting on a fist bank or sitting at a bar or something, but that's not going to change in my life. Then verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You remember when your first child was was born, and you, you know I've been in houses where they got that little ruler by the door, and they measure their son or daughter, you know, every year how much they've grown. Is there a ruler that we can use to see how much we have grown spiritually? I mean. Just for 15 seconds, ask yourself, how much more do I know now than I did? But even better, of what I know, how much more do I understand? So someone might infer or infer at this point that Paul had no use for wisdom and that he held Christian truth to be outside of the realm of intellect. And for a man to be saved, Paul would be right. Having an education will not save you. Be able to name the books of the Bible will not save you. What will save you is when the Spirit of God bears with your witness. And if we study Bible interpretation right, we will see that no man is saved apart from the preaching of the Word of God. And Paul was very honest. He said, the foolishness of preaching. I mean, when you stop with human intellect, Why can't I read it for myself? 
Well, you can read it, and it certainly won't hurt you. But until you're saved and you've got the Spirit of God in you, you're not going to understand. And there's a difference between knowledge and understanding. Christian's truth is not outside the realm of the intellect. We are to reason, to study, but when ideals at the fancy of one's imaginations enter, heresy develops. Even if I don't understand something, God is not going to give me a different interpretation and what the true interpretation is. You know, John 5.24 will be the same in what kind of language, what period you was born in, what century you was born in. It makes no difference. God's word never changes. So but let's go on to this thought. Uh, some come up with a doctrine, pulling any verse and then making the claim it supports their position. What happens is interpretation with misapplication. You can have the proper interpretation of a word or a verse or a group of verses. But are you applying it right? See, I can go to certain parts in the Old Testament and you know and and almost justify some of some of the greatest moral immoral sins like drinking. Misuse of what God made sex for. We go on and on and on and give scripture, but we are misinterpreting. Who's he talking to? What time period was it written? You know, we got to be able to like a English and we, we break it down. You just read a verse and says that's what it says, and it is. But you got to understand what period is talking about, what is the subject, and that is missing. Missing. This is a demonstration when one begins showing a scripture and saying it means something else than what it clearly says. See. That is no interpretation at all. What it is, the Bible is to present as it to men as they are. It's an explanation of critical interpretations. And how do we interpret the Bible? We let the Bible interpret the Bible. We're missing a lot. Anybody here that do not read or study the Old Testament is missing a lot. Because almost 
everything in the New Testament, I'd say it read 75, 80%, is mentioned in the Old Testament. It was the law. New Testament is grace. Now that we are saved, we have the ability to apply that law spiritually. So there are dangers to avoid in Bible study. There is a danger of misinterpretation, misrepresentation. So this means giving scriptures the wrong meaning. This usually is the result of a partial consideration. It's easy to get caught up in this. So as we think about it, you know, and we say there are dangers to avoid in Bible study, and that comes from misinterpretation. We're taking a verse, taking it out of context, you know, and I can do that, and I can prove about anything I want to do. I can, I can be a drunk and justified. I can be a liar and justified, you know. So I was taught by Brother Harold Harvey, and uh, I learned so much from Brother Harvey. He said it's better, Brother Vance, to know one verse and know what it says than to know the whole chapter and not. When I listened to that and I followed away because at that time in my ministry, I, I wasn't sure I knew what he was talking about and I wasn't sure that he knew what he was talking about because that was a profound statement. But if you take John 3.16, why is that verse so widely misinterpreted? And it is. So there is also a danger of misapplication, applying a scripture where it should not be applied. This is like a passage of scripture entirely out of setting or context. Let's look at Psalms 107 and verse 4. Psalms 107 and verse 4. When we look at this verse, it's a, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. know, uh, take that verse, and it said, they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way, but they found no city. Well, I don't expect to be finding a city in the wilderness. So what does that verse mean? What's it talking about? So first of all, we would start reading in Psalms 107, verse 1, and we would keep reading as it becomes clear what he's talking about. 
John 13, 27. It's this example that we could pull out as many examples as we really wanted to. But uh, we've got to be careful pulling a verse out that has nothing to do. And if you read above the verse and follow that verse, then you're going to have a better understanding of what that verse was talking about. So let's go over to the New Testament and we look at John, the 13th chapter. Notice with me. Uh, with verse, uh, oh, let's look at verse uh, 27. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. So what's he talking about? I know you not. Christ knows everybody. So, in other words, if we go back and start reading Luke, we would find out that this individual was uh, saying that he was doing this or believed this or was led to do this. And uh, it's just not so. So we uh, can see very uh, plainly that, you know, and let's go back here to help us with that particular verse. Uh, let's go to, uh, oh, uh, I didn't write that verse down, but I believe it's Psalm 6 8. Psalm 6 8. Psalm the sixth chapter and the eighth verse. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. Now, we go back and we read uh, John, or excuse me, that we read the, the you know the other scriptures. In John thirteen twenty seven, but also, uh, you know, Psalms one hundred and seven verse four, and and we begin to put all those scriptures together to find out exactly what he's talking about in this particular one verse. See. This location is another problem. If you take a passage of Scripture entirely out of its setting or context, and that's what we do so many times. So the uh, spiritualizing method of Bible interpretation, we don't want to spiritualize everything claim to discover higher truth. This method of interpretation opens the door to many heresies. 
many and allows the interpretation of the Bible to be done at a more fancy of interpret, making it to say something that it really doesn't. So where the plain sense of scriptures make common sense, A.W. Pink says, seek no other sense. When the scripture seems to make sense, what does John 5, 24 says? It means exactly what it says. So if it makes sense, let's don't try to make more sense out of that. So it is clear the scriptures is not understood when Jesus Christ is forsaken. However, well, however, well one knows to quote with seed life must come through Jesus. So the scripture, even in proper context, it is of no value toward their salvation if they have not come to the Lord. So I said all that to say this. I just had a person tell me this week is why it's fresh on my mind. I know that this person is saved. I mean, you can talk to him. It's like soap in the Bible. I mean, any question you ask him, he has a, a scripture for it. So if I believe that, then I would tend to believe that knowledge, I have to have so much knowledge before I could be saved. But I'm here to tell you, when I was saved, I didn't know there was two Johns in the Bible. Did not know that. I didn't know any of the doctrines. The only thing that I knew when it finally, when the Spirit finally woke me up is that I had sinned and my sin was against God. Now, after that, after God saves you and you realize it's all of Him, there's a desire come in your heart that you never had Places you went, you would never go again. And when you did, you can tell whether you're saved because he'll take you to the woodshed. See, I have a problem myself. Y'all may not. I have a problem that when somebody tells me, I've been saved 40 years and God has never chastened me. Well, I, in my mind, I'll tell you what I'm thinking in my mind. I don't know whatever, what else you did wrong, but you better stop that line. There's not a man ever walked this earth except Jesus Christ that had no sin. That had no sin. And we should know that. We should follow that. So, you know, this is just a breeze. I've, I've got about a three... I think uh, 
probably 30 or 35 pages on that uh, study that I just finished up on a Monday or Tuesday one, but, but Bible interpretation. And when I got finished, I can tell you with a surety that the King James 1611 is the best translation there is at this time. And I probably got eight or nine different translations. But either every word of God is inspired or it's not. And if it's not, I don't know how anybody's going to determine which ones are and which ones are not. So I'm just one of those that believe that if I pick up this old Bible and, you know, the back is coming off of it and I take this here, but, you know, this Bible's valuable to me because I've got so many things marked in it. The marking wouldn't mean anything to anybody else, but it means something to me. So if you believe that the uh, Bible interpretation is, is interpreted when men of God was led by the Holy Spirit, so we have King James 1611 as our foundation Bible. And I've got several 16, 11, every one of them. I bought one. The other two was gifts. Every Bible is the same in those Bibles. These are not the same. The nearer your Bible, they have made change. But they're so close that we very seldom ever catch them. Father, we thank you for this short period of time that you